Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're going to talk about vaccines and COVID. Now, just relax, please. Dr. Tam, Teresa Tam, our uh, top public health care doctor in this country, has expressed a worry about worst case possible scenario this fall and winter with COVID. And we're being urged by public health officials to be vaccinated, to continue the vaccination process if you haven't begun it. So if you've had three, you should have four. And however many follow as public health advises. At the same time, there is the seasonal flu and there's vaccination for that. And we're being told that it's an excellent idea to be vaccinated against the seasonal flu. But there's also other vaccinations that people are receiving like shingles, so if you've had two of those, can you mix and match? Is there a problem if you do that? We're going to be asking you how you feel and what you're planning to do as far as um, vaccination is concerned and boosters. Now, a couple of weeks ago, after I spoke with Dr. Isaac Bogosh, infectious diseases specialist at the uh, Toronto General Hospital and associate professor of medicine at the uh, University of Toronto, when I, after I spoke with Dr. Bogosh, I said that I wasn't sure that I was going to have the fourth vaccination, second booster. And I got everything from way to go, Roy, to are you uh, out of your, off your rocker? I think we're all at a stage now where we make decisions at this stage and we have to act maybe on best advice and our own best advice. Dr. Bogosh is back with us. Dr. Bogosh, thank you very much for the time. I, do you find that people are... I don't know if I should use the word reluctant, but a little more circumspect about continuing the vaccination process. Yeah, yeah, I think you're spot on. Uh, I think we're seeing a lot of that. And of course, that's reflected in the numbers. When we look at the rates of vaccination, they're way lower than uh, what where there's they're way lower than where they where they should be. And, you know, in particular, I think one area to focus on is the people who are at greatest risk for severe infection, people who are at greatest risk of hospitalization, people who are at greatest risk of death. Uh, that's 60 years of age and older. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously people will choose to do what they choose to do. But I think people who are listening, who are uh, unvaccinated or maybe haven't received a booster, um, if you are over the age of 60 or you have underlying medical conditions that put you at greater risk for severe infection, you can markedly reduce your risk of severe infection, hospitalization, and death with a vaccine. Every country around the world is, basically has very similar data, if not identical data, demonstrating that these vaccines markedly reduce the risk of severe infection, especially 
especially in those who are 60 years of age and older or who have underlying medical conditions. Why do you suppose, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but why do you suppose that it, the message really isn't resonating as perhaps you as the infectious diseases specialist would like, or Dr. Tam would like, public health would like, people are saying, and I've had people say this to me, I've had three, I've had two shingles vaccines, I, I, I've had COVID, I don't want to do this again. Why is the message not, and if it, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but is the message getting through? No, it's not. It's not. I think, you know, there's probably lots of different reasons for this. One reason of many is that there are communication issues, right? We don't have streamlined communication. It would be helpful if we had, you know, solid, data-driven, clear communication coordinated between political and public health leadership at federal, provincial, and municipal levels and delivered in an age, a language, and a culturally appropriate manner given how large and diverse the Canadian population is. That's one. There's many other reasons why. And again, I think one of the reasons that we can't ignore is the amplification of misinformation and disinformation in online networks that make its way sometimes into mainstream networks, and that pushes people to make poor decisions for themselves. Um, it's totally okay to have open, fair, honest debates and discussions about data. It's totally okay to make some people need some more time to make up their mind or chat with a healthcare provider to make a decision. That's okay. It's okay. If it wants to do what's best for themselves, best for the family, that makes sense. But we have a huge issue with misinformation and disinformation, not just in Canada, globally. It's not just pandemic related. It's related to all facets of life. And we really need to get on that. So those are just two reasons, but I'm sure we could sit here for hours and talk about many other reasons that are driving this. Yeah. Well, now we have these, uh, these variants, and we've known about variants for some time now, but we have these new variants. And so people then ask the question, and I'm trying to just get this, this out in the open. People ask the question, well, how do we know that the vaccine that's out there, the booster now, is actually going to be effective against the variants that we're discovering or are being discovered and will potentially cause us harm this fall and winter? How do we know that the vaccine that was developed months ago will be effective now? So a couple of reasons. One is, remember that we've had multiple variants already. We've had the original virus. We've had the alpha variant. We've had the Delta variant. We've had Omicron BA1, BA2, BA5, with every single one of those variants. Remember what the vaccine has done time and time again. It has protected people from severe infection, such as hospitalization and death, every single time, regardless of the variant. That also involves, though, having an honest conversation about what the vaccines do and what they don't do. They have stood up and stood the test of time, protecting people against severe infection. Earlier in the pandemic, they also protected people very significantly against infection and onward transmission. As the virus evolved and as Omicron emerged, it did less of that. It's not nothing. It still does something against protecting against infection and onward transmission. It just does much less of that. But the take-home point is that they are still remarkably effective at protecting against severe infection, hospitalization, and death, regardless of the variant. And there's nothing. Remember, these, these variants that are emerging that we're talking about, they're still Omicron. They're just different sublineages of Omicron. So we've seen places like Singapore where they've had a big wave. But again, 
very little in the way of ICU admissions. And again, the vaccines all still really hold up against severe infection, like hospitalization and death. What do you do? And this is a question I've seen and heard from people, but I've certainly seen it in emails. What do you do if you've had uh, other vaccines, vaccinations like two shingle shots, and you've had some some other vaccine, and, and now you're looking at a at a booster for Omicron, and you're being advised to simultaneously um, take the annual flu shot. Can you do that? Well, How does the body respond to all of that? For starters, you take a step back and you listen to your patients, and you listen and hear about what their concerns are, and actually listen to what their concerns are rather than say, yeah, 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 get the shot. Like, really, what are people concerned about? What is the hesitation? What are the issues? And take it seriously. That's the first step. And that's, I think, the most important step. From a health standpoint, it's totally okay. I mean, there's different vaccines for different illnesses. Yeah, in the, in the fall, we know it's flu season and it's flu shot time. And that can happen. You know, shingles vaccines, of course, people need to get them. Usually it's over the age of 60, sometimes over the age of 50, but it's not an urgent measure. You want to separate your flu shot from the other shot? You absolutely can. You absolutely can. Same with COVID-19. I mean, you don't have to get it at the same time as an annual influenza shot. You can. You, you sure can. But if you want to separate them, if it makes someone feel more comfortable or better to separate them, you can separate them as well. But, you know, this is part of health maintenance, preventing illness, preventing sickness, right? I'm sure people listening, many people listening have had the shingles. Man, you don't want... Yeah, you're talking I mean, to I'm, one person right now. I'm standing on the 14th floor of the Toronto General Hospital right now on call this weekend, and we see people with shingles not infrequently, and boy, oh boy, do they not have a pleasant time with that. If you can prevent that, you should. These are vaccine-preventable illnesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stating the obvious, let's prevent illness. Yeah. The vaccine does yeah. a great job. Yeah, I've had shingles, as I said, and uh, that is not a pleasant ride. Fortunately for me, it was over in just a couple of weeks. But for other people, it can be years. And I just had that traditional around the the midriff area when when it strikes you near the eyes or other parts of your body. It's 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 absolutely dangerous. Uh, One one more question for you: for the person who's had, and I had an email about this, the person who's had no vaccine, no COVID vaccine whatsoever. Not the first, not the second, not the first uh, booster, because they didn't want to get it done. But now they're thinking, maybe I should. Where do they start? Do they start with the first vaccine? Do they start with a booster? Where do you start these people? Oh, it's easy. It's, it's real easy. You go into a clinic. You go into a pharmacy. You go into the family doc's office, wherever you, wherever vaccines are. They're free, widely available. You say, hey, I've never had a vaccine. Can I get one? And they'll say, absolutely. And then you'll probably get a second one separated by a couple of months. And you go from there. You know, that's that's a good start. That's a good start. And you start with the first two shots and then, you know, you talk to your healthcare provider about what to do next. But it's it's never too late if someone is interested in starting. And I think it's a very good idea. And again, I, I know we're running out of time, but it's extremely important for people who are listening, who are over the age of 60 or who have underlying medical conditions. I mean, just remember, there's going to be more COVID out there. Or there is already out there. And if you haven't had a shot or if you're six months after your most recent vaccine or most recent recovery from infection, this is a really good idea to get to protect you from more severe illness. That's all the data points in that direction. Those are the individuals who are more likely to end up in hospital and have a rough time with COVID-19. All right. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. 
And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.